Listener supported. WNYC Studios. It's Money Talking from WNYC. I'm Charlie Herman. This week, it was Google CEO in the hot seat answering questions from members of the House Judiciary Committee about how the company operates. Who makes the judgment calls regarding content moderation at Google? Will you, Mr. Pichai, rule out launching a tool for surveillance and censorship in China while you are CEO of Google? What Russia did to foment racial tensions in the United States and wanting to know how you are responding to that. Does Google track my movement? Google, like other tech companies, faces criticism on many fronts, that its algorithms are biased, that its data privacy policies don't do enough to protect us, and that the company has done an about-face on doing business in China. Underlying all these concerns is the growing realization that tech companies in particular have become so big, so powerful, and so necessary in our lives that many of us aren't sure what to do about it. My guest this morning has some ideas. Tim Wu is the author of a new book, The Curse of Bigness, Antitrust in the New Gilded Age. He's also a professor at Columbia Law School. Tim, good morning. Good morning. What is the curse of bigness? I think it's the idea that sometimes companies can get too large for their own good, uh, and even for our uh, good, and uh, expand to a size where their power over economics and politics uh, goes beyond what's good for the country. So for most of the 20th century, what were the principles that guided antitrust, anti-monopolistic policies? Well, at the risk of simplification, the United States at least, we had a robust uh, program of antitrust enforcement for most of the 20th century. The biggest trusts were broken up. Companies like AT&T, the film studios, the IBM uh, were all challenged, some of them broken up. There was an idea that once a company had achieved a monopoly and was freezing out all of its competitors, that it should be the target of antitrust litigation. And that tradition has eroded heavily. So how did it evolve away from that? Well, starting in the 70s, um, uh, conservatives, uh, driven by the so-called Chicago School, started to suggest that antitrust had gone too far, was out of control. It was linked somewhat to the hostility to uh, the judiciary in general, Roe v. Wade, civil rights, and so forth. And they said, you know, just keep everything out of business, a rise of laissez-faire again. And antitrust was confined to a very narrow price-centered role, and it has never really recovered. Now in 2018, how would you describe policy perspective towards monopolies? I would suggest that we're surprisingly tolerant of monopoly right now. We have almost gone back to the Gilded Age, where some people said that trusts were sort of a scientific leap over anything that had come before. You know, you look at the reverence which many people hold, Amazon, Google, uh, Facebook, uh, even uh, people will defend the airline industry or, or pharma and, and say, well, you know, they have to be that big or they won't invent the next uh, cancer cure or, you know, they won't deliver your packages on time. And I think history suggests that size brings a lot of risks and that we tolerate monopolies at our peril. Some of the arguments that are made in favor of monopolies is that they're efficient, that there are greater economies of scale, that they make products cheaper for us consumers. Is that argument misguided? It depends on the monopoly, frankly. There are uh, some companies that are large and very efficient, but what tends to happen is a company gets to monopoly status and after a while uh, is no longer the the newest kid on the block, no longer the most efficient, but just the biggest, and increasingly directs its efforts towards freezing out its competitors or or new challengers as opposed to actually improving itself. And so an industry kind of tips. I think that, you know, the case for monopoly can be overstated. They, they have their moments, 
But I think they have long-term tendencies to stagnate and, frankly, begin to drag down the entire economy. I started off talking about Google, and people are worried, government officials and users, about the size and power of tech companies like Google and Facebook and Amazon. Since your book has come out, you have said that you think Facebook should be broken up. How would that happen, and what would that look like? Yeah, I think the tech monopolies raise many of these curse of bigness questions. And let me say, it's not just the economics, the stagnation I talked about. It's also a sense that no private company, no set of individuals should have that much control over people's lives. And in the tech companies, you see it very directly. They know everything about you. They know where you're going. They know what you like. They're kind of constantly watching you. They can influence you. In some ways, it is a good question as to whether they're compatible with a democracy where we have this idea that great power should be accountable. So I believe that some of them should be broken up. And yes, Facebook is, to me, the most obvious target. According to me, they illegally acquired Instagram and WhatsApp in the 2010s, and we should break those companies off and introduce some more competition into the space of social networking. Previously, you worked for the FTC, um, the Federal Trade Commission, and you also served on President Obama's National Economic Council. Why do you think there was no effort then to rein in the growth of some of these tech companies? And are you maybe expecting too much from the government to do so? You know, the fact is that for much of the 2010s, we had a very rosy view of tech. Everyone was excited about it. It was newer. The kids out of Silicon Valley were coming up with some new gadgets. So I think in a lot of ways, during the last administration, there were things we could have done that we didn't do. Also, I think we didn't understand the business models very well. We sort of understood them, but they didn't fit well into the antitrust paradigm. So right now, the challenge for the law and the challenge for law enforcement is to try to understand the kind of power that the tech firms have, control over data, control over private information, control over human attention. These are all things that don't go into your traditional economic framework of dollars and cents. And so the challenge right now is to try to figure out a way to get a handle on the kind of market power that these companies have. What's at stake if we don't more directly address the current situation? Yeah, you know, it's a series of unpleasant situations, one where the United States becomes more and more like some of the countries in in South America, where you have extreme income inequality, you have giant concentrated monopolies that are very close to the government. If you go further, there are some very dark examples from the 20th century where monopoly and extreme government become close to each other. And I think one really great danger is the more that people feel that they have no say in government, that it's completely unaccountable to them, the more they begin to demand extreme political solutions, strong men who uh, promise a return to greatness and national strength. And when you have those sort of figures in alliance with, with powerful monopoly corporations, you have, frankly, a terrifying form of government that we've seen before in the 20th century that I think we need to do everything to try to avoid. Tim Wu is a professor at Columbia Law School and the author of the new book, The Curse of Bigness, Antitrust in the New Gilded Age. Tim, thank you very much. Thank you. I'm Charlie Herman. This is Money Talking from WNYC.